Hello people, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's been long, it's been, it's been long for me, not for you, but it's been really long. Very nice to see you. Welcome back from Garage yesterday. That was amazing. That was really amazing. Yeah, we thank God, we thank God, we thank God, we thank God for the opportunity to share in his word, for the opportunity to know him. Even those of you who don't yet know him, you're going to come to know him. Yeah, I bring you very many greetings from very many places where I've been. I bring you greetings from my husband. I bring you greetings from my shepherd, Apostle. I bring you greetings from London, um, the, the London gathering. I didn't pick up an accent, sorry. I bring you greetings from many places. It's really nice to see you and to bring the word to you today. I have a very good word on my heart. Oh my God. So I can't wait to get into it. And we're just going to pray right now. Just take a moment to steady our hearts. Welcome the Holy Spirit who is already with us to recognize his presence as he opens up the word to us today. Oh yes, go ahead and just open your mouth and give thanks and pray and ask God to open your eyes that you may see wondrous things in his word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into every room, into every place where everyone is listening to this word today. We ask that you will open our eyes to see wondrous things in your word. May there be light and revelation coming, Lord, that we may be able to make progress and to move into our destiny as you have willed for us. We thank you. We know that it's going to be amazing. I pray that everyone who is, every, everyone who is listening will receive something today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Very nice to see you. Share, share, share. Let everyone know that we are on. Today's word is going to be really good. I know it with all my heart. Um, I've been thinking, what do I share? Because I've been learning a lot and I've been receiving a lot and just feeling like, so which one? What, 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 what? But I thought that, so there's a message that uh, Apostle sent us to listen to from a man of God and when I listened to it it's like I just knew sort of the direction to take and I want to talk about mistakes you should avoid making mistakes you should avoid making and I'll talk about one or two every every time we meet because I've noticed that so so we've we've learned that you move at the pace of your revelation right and revelation is light you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the thing about revelation is that it doesn't create it simply manifests what was already there like you didn't know that you had money in the bank and it was revealed to you that it was there and it was yours or if you if you if you don't have a revelation about healing you can carry around healing in your body and you're sick if you don't have a revelation about honor you can live in dishonor with people you should be honoring every day and be cut off from the blessing. Whatever you don't know becomes a, a limitation or a barrier to access of what is yours. So I've found that God's will for us, I don't believe that God's will for us is that we should learn from our mistakes. I think that God wants us to actually learn from the mistakes of others so that every generation is better than the generation before. And I think that's why the Bible is full of mistakes that people made. So that you know what not to do. You see that one and say, oh, that person did that thing and it led to this terrible thing. So I shouldn't be doing that thing. And 
Now, we don't have to only look at the scriptures, but also to look at the lives of the people that have gone before us. And so I've noticed that many of us are either stuck, at least in my life I've been stuck before, I've been, I've been delayed or just hindered or you're rotating in the same place because I'm making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And then one day I learned that I shouldn't make that mistake and suddenly I redeem like 10 years of life. <laughs> so the things I'm going to talk about are serious errors that many of us make unknowingly many times that end up really curtailing your progress. Like you can't move. You, 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 you become like the children of Israel. They made many mistakes. They had a deliverer. They had a word from God. They had the presence of the Holy Spirit, cloud by day, fire by night. But they rotated in the same place for 40 years and eventually never made it to their destination that God had prepared for them. Because the mistake is that we think that if God has it for me, I will enter it. I don't know that day God showed me that, that truth. It just woke me up. That just because God wants it for you doesn't mean you will enter it because he wanted the children of Israel to actually enter the promised land. But that entire generation never made it. It's only Caleb, Joshua, the children of the people who came out of Israel, okay? Not the original fathers, and then maybe Moses. And Moses didn't even enter. So why did they all perish in the wilderness? Because there are mistakes they kept making. And it's like they just couldn't realize that they were making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I'm going to talk about two mistakes today because I don't think we'll go beyond two of them. And then next week, mistakes you should avoid. If you look at it in the opposite, it's really things that can accelerate you greatly in life. You see, when something is amazing, if God gives you a principle, when you ignore it, <laughs> it brings pain in your life. If you embrace it, it brings glory in your life. So it's like it's one thing on one end, there's pain and destruction. And on the other end, there's glory and advancement of the same thing in your life. In ignoring it, it's not like it's neutral. When you ignore it, there are consequences. When you embrace it, there are consequences which are good. good is there a thing like good consequences? There are rewards. There's consequences on the end of ignoring. There's rewards on the end of embracing it. And I'm going to be sharing things that I've really seen in my life and in the lives of so many other people and in the scriptures that are amazing principles when embraced and are painful in terms of bringing negative consequences when ignored in life. Trust me, you want to hear the things that I want to share with you today. And I'm going to get straight into it. The first mistake you should avoid making is disconnecting from the people God used to bless you and help you. That's a big mistake that many of us have made and the results are very bad. Disconnecting from the people God has used to bless you, to help you. When you look at the Bible, you see that God is a God of remembrance. God does not forget. God records people, even if they were not very nice people, as long as he used them, or they were helpful in writing the story of the Bible, your story and my story. Their records are there. He's a God of genealogies. He's a God of numbers. He's a God of records. He's a God who talks about, I am the God of your fathers. He's saying, this thing did not begin with you. I started it before you were born. They are people. So it's in the character of God. Now listen, when you ignore or disconnect from the people God has used to bless you, 
you actually disconnect from the source of your certain type of blessing. God is the blesser, but he uses people to bless you. Okay? And so many of us, there are people who God has used to bless us. I'll start with the obvious ones, your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Your father and your mother. Have you ever thought about the fact that your mother carried you in her body for nine months? Nine months, you were in the womb of someone. She's walking around with you. She's having weird cravings. Some people have ended up like me. My feet grew longer when I got, when I got pregnant with my first child. There are people who have lost hair. There are people whose bodies have changed forever. There are people who's, who have even ended up with impairments physically for the rest of, your, of their lives because they carried a child. Someone carries you in their body. They go through changes there. It's a matter of life and death. They deliver you. After Some of them have to be cut open for you to come out. So they have these operations that bring certain consequences in their lives. They bring you forth. They nurse you. They breastfeed you. They wake up at night when you have a temperature. They are cleaning you. They are feeding you. They are making sure that you're taken care of. They are buying you food. They are buying diapers. Your father and mother, they are fixing this, fixing that. The baby needs immunization. Now they need a caregiver. Now they need food. Now it's time to go to school. Now find a school. Now take them to primary school. Now find school fees. Now you have to ignore your own needs as a parent to take care of the needs of your children. Everything is about the children. Then now the child is going through, I don't know what phase of life. Now now you need counselors. Now you need aunties and uncles to intervene. Now you're begging someone for money so that the child can finish a certain grade of school because maybe you are stuck. Then you, you basically their entire life was about you, raising you, giving you everything that they can. And maybe they didn't give you what you think you deserved. You ungrateful child. What you deserved. Hmm? So maybe you, don't th- you feel like you're comparing with other people feeling like your parents didn't do a very good job. But you don't know the story of what they were going through. Many children never find out what their parents went through or find out so much later, if ever, what it took for them to raise us to be what we are today. Now, you disconnect from a person who has done everything like that. Okay, you're probably listening to me and saying, Pastor Bith, my father was not present. Well, he's still your father. Still, it's still your parents. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Not your good father and your good mother. Not your present father and your present mother. Not your caring father or caring mother. Not your non-quarrelsome father or non-quarrelsome mother. Let me tell you, never disconnect or dishonor or ignore the people God has used to bless you. Never. Apostle was teaching the other day about Noah and the sons of Noah and how Ham comes and finds his father has taken wine. Okay? Because when I talk about disconnecting, it's the dishonor. It's like it's it's dismissing them, saying, "My drunk dad, my my, my quarrelsome mother, my I can't wait for the day I leave that house." Because some of you, you can't wait for the day to leave the home, or you couldn't wait for the day you left that home, and when you left, you don't look back. You feel like, eh, eh, oh, I don't have to deal with them anymore. You know, these people, these people are the ones who gave you life, <laughs> imperfect as they are. To disconnect from them is to cut yourself off from the blessing God has put in them for you. So actually, let's, let's, I'm going to share about three scriptures about this one. I know it's a sensitive one. Right now, I know many of you, you're not jumping up and down. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not happy. You know, you're not, but you'll be happy <laughs> eventually. So I know that in chapter 9 of Genesis, um, if you start from verse 18, Genesis 9, 18. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark, were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
and Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from those the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and became uncovered in his tent. That's not a nice thing. Okay, maybe your parents have done some things that are a bit shameful. It's not nice to have a father who's drunk, who's a drunk, who drinks a lot and 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 and, and, and maybe ashames you in the neighborhood, maybe even I don't know, has done some things in yeah, that have hurt you because of some habits they picked up. Maybe they are gamblers or they drink a lot or they've had many wives or I don't know what it is. But for 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 Noah, it was drinking and getting drunk and uncovering himself and being naked in his tent. And Ham, his son, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his brothers outside. That is dishonor, disconnect. Like you, you're not aware of the person you're dealing with. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and went backwards and covered them. They didn't want to look at their father's nakedness. They moved in reverse and covered their dad's nakedness and their faces were turned away. They did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. It's a very strange thing. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. You see, parents are supposed to bless. When you disconnect and dishonor them, what happens is that you get the opposite of a blessing, which is a curse. Now, let me tell you why I love how Apostle Mose puts it, this, this whole story. And I'd never seen it this way. First of all, Ham forgot that he was only alive because of Noah. You know that people were destroyed in the flood and Noah saved his, his family, just his children and their wives and animals. He forgot that he was only alive because of his father, this man who is now drunk. The only reason he's alive is because of the drunk man in the tent. And for him, he's laughing and, and, and dishonoring and disgracing this man. He forgot that... To, to think, why is my father drunk to the point of being naked? Maybe it's because he was traumatized by being in, an, in a place with all those animals for a very long time. Maybe he was traumatized because all his friends and all his peers had died in the flood. Maybe he was thinking about all his friends who he had lost. Maybe it was, I don't know, it, it, it was the trauma of building a boat for more than 70 years and people are laughing at you saying rain is coming until people cut you off. He doesn't, you don't know why your father has done the things he has done. And I'm not defending it, but I'm saying it's not the place of a child to bring judgment on their parent. To decide that that's not, that your place is not to judge a parent. Your place is to bless, is to be a blessing to your parent, is to honor them, is to connect with them, is to esteem them highly because in them is a blessing. And for many of you, if you think about it, the work of the devil has been such that he cuts you off from that auntie or uncle or mother or father or teacher or someone in your life or sibling who God used to bless you, the person who paid your school fees. Maybe you lived in a home of other people. Like me, my parents died when I was young and people took me on. And for a while, all I thought about Otwa was what they did not give me, what they did not do for me. You know, you're always thinking what they did not do, what they did not do. But you know, when I think about it, they had no obligation to take me on in the first place. Yeah, I was not part of their plan. They did not produce me. They did not have to take me through school. They did not have to give me school fees. They did not have to give me a home to live in. They could have left me to be a street kid. But they chose to bring me into their home. Every person is imperfect. They made some mistakes. 
and I can't only focus on what did not happen, what they did not do, what what and you're comparing what they've done for the other one or another, what they've done for you, and then you you start to disconnect, disconnect, disconnect until you completely cut yourself off from the people who God used to lift you. Maybe it's that person who gave you a job. Maybe it's your spouse who chose you. The man chose to marry you or the woman allowed to get married to you. Now it's been 10 years and you feel like you can do better. But when you are nothing, that's the person who stood by you. Never disconnect. And some of you, that's the, problem, that's the issue, right? Like you're someone who prays. You do many things which Christians do, but you've, you've disconnected from people who God used to bless you. That's what happened to him. He forgot. He thought he was alive because he was good. You know, you forget the person who gave you an opportunity to serve in the ministry. You forget the person who taught you how to write music. You forget the person who gave you your first keyboard. You forget the person who gave you your first, I don't know what it is. You know, who helped you when you were getting married. Who stood by you when everyone had run away. Like there's people in our lives who maybe now you feel ah, no big deal because now you're a big deal. Never be too big to recognize the people who God used in your journey to help you. That is something that I've been learning over the past three years and I'm not yet 100% there. But I make sure that I remember those people, the people who opened their homes to me, the people who opened their, their pockets to me, took me through school, the people who discipled me, like, like there's someone, she's called Pastor Evangeline. She, when I was in secondary school, she's the first person who ever discipled me, taught me to read my Bible, taught me to pray, taught me to write music, taught me to lead worship, taught me to disciple others, taught me. By the time when I joined university and I, and I walked into the fellowship, when I walked in, she was on stage singing with Worship Harvest. And that's the only reason I joined Worship Harvest. And joining Worship Harvest has defined my destiny. But had it not been for Pastor Evangeline, I would not be where I am. I would be a fool to forget and think, oh, it was me. You know, it was just the spirit of God leading me. But he used someone to lead you. If I had not seen her on that stage, I would never have joined that team ever. I had no reason to. Who are the people God has used to bless you? Some of you, you get married and you cut off your parents. Your mother is sickly. I don't know what. She needs medical help. You can give it. She needs to live with you for a season. You say, no. We are married, we want our space. Your space? Whose space were you in for 20-something years? Who nurtured you? Who nursed you? Who gave you everything? Who taught you? Yes, she's not educated and now you think her opinion is useless. But she, you're only educated because she educated you. A single mother raised you four children. All of you have forgotten her. She's somewhere in the village alone. You all live in the city. No one can open their home and say, Mom, why should you be alone? Die of old age because of loneliness. Come, be around us. What is, what, would, what is the big thing? What is this idea that we have now of it should be father, daddy, mommy, two children. You can't allow your parents to live with you. You can't open your home to other relatives the way they opened your, their home to you. You, you want your space. It's about your space. You've forgotten. And we learned that when you forget, ah, forgetting is very wicked. You become dishonorable. Have you disconnected from people God used to bless you? Have you disconnected from them? Do you remember them? Do you thank them often? Do you, do you remember? Do you talk about them? Or you're a self-made person? Do you remember that person who, who, who paid for you school fees when you were about to miss your final exams? 
Yes, maybe they said some bad words to you after that. But don't forget what God used in, them to do in your life. Do not forget the ones God used to bless you. Honor those to whom honor is due. And you know what I'm learning? You connect with those people in and out of season. And it is up to you to connect with the ones who blessed you. It's not them to try and connect with you. In and out of season, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, when you're offended at them, when you're not offended at them, you connect and you honor and you esteem very highly. Why? There is a blessing. There are people who must be honored. There is a great blessing for those who honor. And there's, there's, there's something that's not very nice for those who don't honor. There are people God has used to bless you. Your pastors, your father and mother, an auntie and uncle, someone God has used to bless you, to bring you to where you are, a boss. Working in that company, <laughs> you know what it takes to build a company that can pay people salaries? Don't, don't, don't curse. Don't disconnect. Don't despise. Those God has used to bless you right now in your life. There are people. Who are some of those people that you need to remember? That you need to recognize? For some of you, it's your fathers and mothers. And you know, some of you, as I'm telling you right now, you, you're struggling because you're like, Pastor Victor, you don't know what my dad did to me. I don't. But there's no wisdom or understanding, or counsel against the Lord. Feelings, that's where sin is conceived, in the emotions. Honor is not about feelings. It's not about reacting to what someone did to you. Honor is given. It's understanding that honor is due to that person. Let me show you. That's what Romans tells us. In the book of Romans, I believe it's chapter 13, Paul writes to the Romans, and he says to them, yeah, verse 7, in Romans 13, verse 7, render therefore to all their due. Then he starts listing things that are due. And the first thing I'll mention, you understand, yeah, it's due. Taxes, to whom taxes are due. Like if you refuse to pay your taxes, and there are consequences, even if you're a good person. They are due. Like it's not about emotions. You don't say, I don't feel like paying taxes to my government because they are corrupt. Okay. Soon you'll be facing a very interesting consequence. You don't pay taxes because the government is good. You pay taxes because taxes are due. It's an advantage if the government is good, you pay them happily. But if it's not, you still pay your taxes. It's due. So he says, render to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Custom to whom custom. Like custom is due to some people. Like when the president of a nation walks into a place, you stand up. When you're singing the national anthem, you stand up. It's, it's a custom. It's customary. It's due. When you don't do it, you're out of order. And then he says, fear to whom fear. In other words, there are people to whom fear is due. You should fear them. They shouldn't, you shouldn't just be casual about it. Fear to whom fear is due and honor to whom honor. Can you imagine? Honor is due. Meaning when it's not given, it's like you're in negatives. You owe. There are people we owe honor. For me, for a long time, I was not walking in honor towards people, some people who God has had used to bless me in my life. And I'm, I'm turning it around. I am more aware now of the great blessing they were, what they did, including some of my siblings. I have a sister who at the time was in her very, very, very early 20s, maybe 21, 22. And she's on, she would come to visit me on visiting day in my, in, my, in my last two years of secondary school. She would get on a bus, very about a seven-hour drive, on a public bus, and come all the way to my school 
and buy things. <laughs> I don't even know where she got the money. And come visit me. And then get on another bus to come all the way back. And then she would have to go to work. I can't forget that. When I was at university, she was the one giving me pocket money. And she was a student as well. Finding ways to send me pocket money to make sure I have what I needed. I can never forget. To that one, honor is due. Yes, she's a sister. But I also recognize that she's been a great source of blessing in my life. There are people to whom honor is due. And when you honor them, there is a blessing. So you can't say, my dad wasn't very good or he was very mean to me growing up. So I, I've chosen to disconnect. That's the work of the devil. And when he disconnects you from these people, he disconnects you from the blessing that they have in them for you. Because God has put a blessing in particular people for you and I. Some of us, we're hurt. We've been hurt by fathers, mothers. You've disconnected. It's in your power to reconnect. You have power. You can start by just taking action. You go and you buy a gift and you say, thank you. Thank you for raising me. Thank you for being my dad. Okay, let's say they didn't do much in your life. I'll tell you a story. There's someone who I disciple and I found out one time that she really, really had issues with her father to the point that she used to call him by his name. Like, no, she would never call him dad or daddy or papa, whatever. You know, all those things are signs of honor. Like, I, I honor you so much, I can't even say your name out of my mouth. But for her, she would say her dad's name. Let's say, let's call him Joshua. That's not his real name. But, you know, she would, in her phone, he was saved as Joshua. She said, oh, Joshua has called. Eh, Joshua is now calling me about this. And so we started to talk about honor. And she, say, she was saying, you know, we, I can't, I don't know how to do this thing called honor. And first of all, the first assignment was on Father's Day. Buy a gift. She didn't feel like buying a gift, but she bought the gift. And she honored him. She changed his name in her phone to Daddy. She started walking in honor towards him. A few months down the road, I don't even know if she remembers, that's when she met the man of her dreams and got married. And now they've started a family. You know, it's a beautiful, and it was so beautiful to see that reconciliation of her for seeing them, you know, their parent walking them down the aisle, of hearing them speak well of them, and, and how she now recognizes what a great blessing her father is in her life. But the devil had created anger, pain, disappointment, and a barrier to cut her off of her blesser. You see, your father doesn't have to be perfect for you to honor him. Doesn't have to be present. And many of you have had bad things about your dads. Why do you think that there's a big thing about fathers? Negativity. Because the enemy is creating orphans so that he can cut you off from the blessing that is in a father and a mother for you. That's why you can't wait to leave home and throw out those people. One day, you know, get rid of them. That's not God speaking to you. That's the devil cutting you off from your blesser. Do not don't make the mistake of disconnecting from those God has used to bless you. Let me show you Ephesians chapter 6, and then I'll show you one more verse which scares me very, very, very much. <laughs> I'm like, I never want to be this thing. Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3. It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, not suggestion. It's the first commandment with promise. We understand that do not steal, 
we know that's a commandment and when someone steals ah oh, do not kill we're like absolutely do not take the lord's name in vain that one we struggle do not commit adultery of course it's a big one when someone does it we're all talking about it but when you dishonor your father and mother how come we don't we don't deal with you the way we think of murderers they're in the same category those who dishonor father and mother are together in the same we are all we are put in the same place as liars people who are covetous people who 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 are robbers people who are murderers it's the same category like that thing is so bad to dishonor your father and mother is 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 part of the things god commanded us never to do like when you thought of 10 things that are dangerous that you should stay away from one of them was dishonoring your father and mother another one that we don't respect of course is the fourth one which is keeping the sabbath holy having a day that you give specifically to the lord many of us think that's not a big deal but i'm not talking about that one today today I'm, today i'm talking about honoring those to whom honor is due those who god has used connecting with those who god has used to bless you do not disconnect from them he says honor your father and your mother many of you say me i honor my mom but my dad no me i honor my dad my mom we don't talk you're cut off it's both honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with promise why why does god want you to honor them so that you suffer no that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth there are two things god has put in your mom and dad when you honor them for you that you may live long and it may be well with you a long good life is stored up in honoring father and mother i've talked about father and mother a lot because i think that's where the greater attack is many of us don't mind honoring our bosses okay if you disconnect from your boss so you can't stay long in that work even teachers at school if you disconnect from them the subjects become difficult so it's like honor is this divine connector that releases blessing so the first mistake you should avoid is disconnecting from the people god has used to bless you who has god used to promote you to bless you to save you to rescue you to give you a new beginning someone who gave you pocket money when you were going to travel out of the country for your scholarship and you forgotten them you've never even sent them an update some people who have supported you when you started missionary work you forgotten all about them because you got new sponsors now but maybe there was that first one who believed in you when no one did do not disconnect from them because in connecting with them is a great blessing and in disconnecting from them uh, let me show you the verse i told you that made me say you see me here me i'll never participate in the father and mother what dishonor proverbs 2020 mm, mm, mm. proverbs 20 verse 20 are you seeing what it says it says whoever whoever this is for whoever it's not for any there's no special category whoever curses his father or his mother his lamp will be put out in deep darkness ah there are people you know in your lineage who dishonored there are people I've heard about who even slapped their parents that when i hear those things i'm like that person is finished they are done i don't care how many degrees you have you will suffer in life unless you repent the thing i like about god is that his grace is so abundant even when we've made the mistakes before you can make a choice from today and turn it around and com- let me tell you it will be like you never did anything before you can start today to walk in honor honor is not a feeling <laughs> 
Honor is, is a choice that you make every day to honor your husband, to honor your wife, to honor your father, to honor your mother, to honor your spiritual leaders, to honor your bosses, to honor the people God has used to promote you. You make a choice to start giving them gifts, speaking well of them, refusing to participate in negative conversations about them. When you fall, you repent, you get up again. You don't want your lamp to be put out in deep darkness. Don't curse your father and your mother. Even though they've made mistakes, you don't know why your dad started drinking. You don't know. You don't know what led. No one wakes up and they just want to be a vagabond. They want to be someone who drinks and gets drunk and destroys their family. I'm not defending them, but I'm saying it's not in your... You have to do what Japheth and, and, and um, his brother did. They, they did not come and look at their father's nakedness. Let me tell you, as a child, there are things you see your dad do and you look away. You pretend that you didn't see. To you, you didn't see it. If you need it, if you need him to get help, go to someone who is higher than him and talk to them. It's not your place to take on your dad and your mom about, about how they are dealing with land issues. That land is not yours. It's theirs. You're saying it's my inheritance. Did you work for it? They can do with it whatever they want, really. Then you can work for your own things. Some of you, that's what is happening. You're fighting with your parents over land. Your dad died, left the land. Your mom wants to do something with it or the other way around. And you're saying, no, it's our stuff. They worked for it together. If they choose to give it to you, be happy. If they don't work for your own things, but don't enter dishonor and get a curse because of a land, a plot of land. You want to take your father to court. <laughs> the one who you, you, they, you, you could not be alive to even have the understanding of going to court without their participation. Do you understand? Like, how does a child take their father to court? How? What has happened to us? And that's why we find ourselves struggling. We are in a hustle. You're a believer. You love God. You pray. You fast. You tithe. But you see, tithe doesn't release the blessing of living long and living well. It opens the windows of heaven. You have money, but you have no peace of mind. You're always dealing with all sorts of issues. Your money is always going away from you. Why? You've cursed your father and mother. You've left them behind. They are, they are sick they, they, they live poorly, they have no food, you are living large. You've forgotten the ones God used to bring you to where you are. I know you've got the point. Do not disconnect from those God has used to bless you. That's the first mistake you should avoid making, disconnecting from those God has used to bless you. Don't make it. Remember them. Today, send them a message. I remember. I remember what you did for me. And I want to say thank you. The other day, God reminded me of someone I've forgotten. When I was young, someone I forgot. And, and this week, I'm, I'm, I'm honoring them. And I was like, how did I forget? And I've been telling God, remind me of any others I've forgotten. Because maybe they live in life where they think they've never helped anyone. You, you're there. People are discouraged. Never forget the people God used to bless you. And the devil is going to work to get you offended, hurt, and all sorts of things just against them. Why? So that he can cut you off. So that he can cut you off. Because once he cuts you off from them, he cuts you off from a certain blessing you can never enter. So understand the traps of the enemy. I actually think we should be calling these messages traps to avoid. Because they are traps. It's a trap. You see, the thing about a trap is you don't know that it's a trap. So you enter it and then you're stuck and you're hurt. And many of you, you've become hurt 
because you've dis you've entered the trap of disconnecting and despising and dishonoring the people God has used to bless you. It's a trap. Don't fall into it. Don't fall into it. Go back. If you've made the mistake already, repent. Change the name in the phone. Stop. Get out of the court case that is against your father or your mother. If you're with your siblings, say, I'm not able to participate anymore. Because if you don't, you're going to pay for these things for so many years, even your children. For no reason. You find that you're, you're just dealing with a thing that is spiritual. Just turn around. Start honoring them. Start sending gifts. Start thanking them. Don't wait to feel it. Let me tell you, your feelings catch up. Because now me, the way I feel about those people, ah, the gratitude. I feel so grateful. Eternally, I know that I can never give them. There's nothing. What do you give someone who carried you in their body for nine months? There's nothing you can give them apart from honor and respect. Because there's nothing you can give them. They gave you life. They went through body changes. They went through near-death experiences. They gave up their life. What do you give them? What do you give someone who paid for you to go through school? What do you give them? Honor. There's nothing you can give them. Honor your father and your mother. Honor to whom honor is due. I love that verse in, in, in Romans 13, 7 because it doesn't only say father and mother. It says honor to whom honor is due. Meaning there are people to whom honor is due, not only your father and mother. And if it's due, we need to pay. You don't pay your landlord because you love them. You pay them because it's due. <laughs> There are consequences when you don't pay. So first get, I know you're feeling things, but your healing is in your obedience. You've prayed for God to heal your heart concerning your parents. You know how you're going to get healed? By taking charge of the situation and saying, I'm going to walk in honor from today. I'm not going to participate in those conversations. I'm going to be a blessing to them. I'm going to thank them. I'm going to remember every good thing they've ever done and refuse to focus on the things they never did or the thing, bad things they did. And before you know it, within like one year, you will completely not be, every time you see them, you'll only be aware of how, you'll be saying, what kind of human beings are these? They're amazing. That's how you should feel about them. Because in there is a blessing that accelerates you in life above your peers. Open your home to your parents, some of you. Yeah. Honor to whom honor is due. Apologize to who you need to apologize to. Honor to whom honor is due. That was a long one, but it's an important one. I'm only going to talk about one more mistake that you should avoid. Now, this one might come as a surprise to you, but it's been something that the Holy Spirit has been ministering to me for a while now, and it is... Avoid the mistake of being unfruitful in the kingdom. It's a big mistake that many Christians make. What do I mean? What is fruit? What has God called fruit in the kingdom? When you go back all the way to Genesis chapter 1, God creates Adam and Eve, puts them in the garden, and then blesses them. The Bible says, and God blessed them saying, okay, let's go there in Genesis chapter 1. From verse, I think, 26 talks about how he made them. He created them in his image, male and female. He created them and he says, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, etc. And then verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, the blessing is words spoken, right? So God blessed them and said to them. That he basically told them what the blessing looks like in their lives. 
the first words of the blessing are be fruitful. If you're a blessed person, you're expected to be fruitful. He says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the, over the, fish of the sea, birds of the air, and over every living thing that lives, moves on the earth. Be fruitful, multiply. That is God's blessing over every believer. It's repeated in Genesis, I think chapter 9 over Noah. God speaks to him after the flood when he has wiped out the whole earth and started afresh with Noah. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 9, so God blessed Noah and his sons. Have you heard? It's to be blessed is to be fruitful in the kingdom. And he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the blessing. Jesus comes in, in, in John chapter 15 and starts to talk about fruitfulness. John chapter 15. He first says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away or he lifts up. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. Basically, like the, the focus of the, of the father is my fruitfulness. He will either be lifting me up, removing me or, or pruning me for the sake of fruitfulness. Meaning fruitfulness is the important thing. He says, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Then he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit for itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. On and on, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I mean, how many, how many times have we had the word fruit in this chapter? For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done with, by, for you. By this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. For you to call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, there is an expectation. Bear much fruit. But what fruit are we talking about? Many times when we talk about fruitfulness as believers, people think we are talking about what's in Galatians. Galatians does not, it, it's not talking about your fruit. <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's go there. Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. It's not you who produces love. It's the spirit of God in you. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And then he says, those who are, who are Christ have crucified the flesh with all its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. In other words, he's saying, if you walk with the Holy Spirit, he produces in you these things. It's the Holy Spirit produces, producing in you the fruit of the spirit. You don't, it's not you trying to produce it. Some of you say me, I am a Christian, I've become fruitful. These days I walk in love. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Jesus has told you what your fruit is. Your fruit is making disciples. Yes. He says, abide in me and I in you. He says that, that God, Jesus, God is glorified by us bearing much fruit. So we will be his disciples. I don't think the much fruit he meant is much patience, much kindness, much goodness, much self-control. 
That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a believer. The fruit of a believer is you produce after your kind. Remember, we were made in the image of God in Genesis. So when he says that you bear fruit, let me tell you, what do avocados produce? Avocados. Avocado trees produce avocados. Don't worry, I'm about to show you what the scripture is, because some of you are still struggling that the fruit is the, this one of the Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Avocado trees produce avocado. Um, guavas trees produce guava, guavas. Orange trees produce oranges. Apple trees produce apples. That's how you know that a, that a tree is a type of tree. And you see, Jesus... God repels and hates unfruitfulness so much that when Jesus finds a tree that looks like it should be bearing fruit and it's not bearing fruit, he curses it because it was declaring unfruitfulness, which he hates. And he looked at it and said, no one will eat fruit of you again because you're supposed to be bearing fruit by now and you're not. I'm going to show you verses, scriptures showing you how the truth is that your fruit is producing other children of God because believers produce believers. Believers produce believers. But we've been deceived. We've become a church of believers who think that the work of fruitfulness is for the pastors. You're the one supposed to be doing the work of ministry. That's what Ephesians 4 tells us. That the pastors, the, 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 the evangelists, the prophets, the, the shepherds, the teachers are there, apostles, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We've become an unfruitful lot. The unfruitful believer. Hmm? Let me show you in case you're still like, no, but Pastor B3, no, 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 no. This thing, me, I don't believe it. Today, today the messages I'm, I'm giving you are making your spirit excited, but your flesh may not be agreeing. One day I, I, I looked at this verse in Proverbs 11, verse 30. And <laughs> listen what it says. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise the fruit of the righteous is a whole tree full of lives it's a tree full of people who have received jesus as their lord and savior if i ask what's on your tree right now how many souls are on your tree your fruit as a believer fruitfulness is bringing people to salvation and discipling them. It's making disciples, which begins with evangelism. Evangelism is not just a gift. We are all supposed to do the work of evangelism. We've been given grace and apostleship. God has sent us out on mission with him. To be unfruitful, let me tell you what's going to happen. I've seen this over the years. When a Christian remains unfruitful in the church, let me describe them to you. The, the, an unfruitful Christian which will surprise you, is a Christian who they go to church almost every Sunday. They give their tithe, by the way. They give their tithe. They even greet the pastor at the end of the service. Uh, they, 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 they are nice people. They have a, they have a good testimony among other believers. They, they are nice people. They are patient. They are kind. Good. They, they are not bad people at all. But they will never get involved in evangelism. They will never make disciples. Usually they will not even serve on any team at church. They will contribute whatever needs to be contributed. But give it time. Such people over time, they become cold. Some of them eventually completely fall away. They start to compromise. They have my truth and your truth. They start saying there might be many ways to Jesus. They start to become cool people. They, you find them in bars. You find them in, in, in strange places. They end up with 
they, they end up living together without being married. Or they, they, we are, they have strange doctrines. They, they come up with strange ideas about truth. They start wondering, no, I don't know. I mean, people have their issues. They, they become very compromising in their work with God. Why God asks us to be fruitful is that something happens to you when you're responsible for other people. When someone looks at you and says, you led me to Christ, you're the one who's discipling me, they're asking you questions. You're forced to continue to grow in your work with God. You're forced to have someone who you also look up to who is discipling you because you are, they, someone is asking you questions, so you also need someone to ask questions. You get in the word, you pray, you find yourself praying, fasting, serving, because you, you are a parent in the realm of the spirit. You have a tree and it's fruitful. Let me tell you, being unfruitful, <laughs> And let me, show, let me show you some, one of the things that makes people unfruitful. It's right there in the book of Mark, chapter 4. The different types of soil, which are really the different types of believers. And they start to explain to us that the, the soil type number 3, which is the one which many of us are, says, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 18 says, Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, like you're hearing it right now, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Unfruitful. The word becomes unfruitful because the cares of this world, maybe you, there's too much in your life right now, you're like, I can't, I can't even be caught making disciples, you know, my life is a bit complicated. I just, I, ha I have babies, you know, mothers, I hear you saying those things as if for us, we've never had children. I have children, so I can't make disciples. Why? Why can't you help another believer's life be better? Because you have children. How does that stop you? The cares of this world, the, the, the big one is really the deceitfulness of riches. When people start having a little success in life, they feel they are too big, too important to be involved. They think church activities are for people who have nothing to do. They are the ones who go on evangelism. They are the ones who do a discipleship. And they are the ones who plant churches and, and start missional communities. And yet you don't know that the fullness of life is in the making of disciples. That when you start pouring your life into another person, you grow. You become strong. Your life explodes in ways that cannot be explained. Why? That is what God made us to do. We are supposed to be fruitful. That's what brings God glory. When many more people come to know him, many people, people become disciples of Jesus Christ. You can be a Christian going from, that's why you keep hopping from church to church because you're not involved. So you get bored. You hear all the messages. By the time three hours have ended, you're bored with the pastor. You need something more exciting. So you hop from place to place, place to place, and you never belong in any church family. You become unfruitful. It's very hard to leave a church when you're engaged. In, in making disciples because where are you going there's so much work you you need to stay where you are and keep working and keep growing and keep serving and the point of your christianity is not so that you can go to heaven it's that you can take others along with you so the question is well how much fruit is on your tree are you too shy to evangelize but you can do sales for your company you do sales you sell you sell alcohol but you can't sell christ and I know that you can be shy and scared. Join another person. Go with them. Let them do it. Tell, oh, just put on your social media. Tell someone. Tell, just put it there and say, Jesus loves you. Do you want to receive him today? Put it on your Instagram. Put it on your WhatsApp status. Tell someone. Tell people your story. Let people know. That some of you people don't even know you're born again at work. It's a secret. You're in the deep secret service undercover. Be fruitful. Multiply.
Start with fruitfulness. Multiplication is when you make sure that your disciples also make disciples. Be fruitful. Right now in worship harvest, we are focusing on 12, asking everyone, who are your 12 disciples? Jesus had 12, where are yours? If indeed, as he is, we like to talk about that scripture, as he is, so are we in this world. Is it true? What was Jesus concerned about? The kingdom. While you have a job, continue to make disciples. You don't need to quit your job to disciple 12 people. Where are your 12? Then after that, eventually we ask, where are their 12? Because you must turn your disciples into disciples. That is fruitfulness. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 1, that my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's so much grace in Christ Jesus. And how do you become strong in it? You become strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How? First, it's to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I believe. 2 Timothy 2 from verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How? The things you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He tells him, Timothy, that's how you're going to multiply grace in your life. Get the things I've taught you. Teach someone. You can do this even as a teenager. When I was a teenager, I was always trying to disciple my cousins. Holiday time, I would gather them, make them read their Bibles, teach them what I've been learning at school from that fellowship, on and on. And you don't know who you're helping. Be a disciple, intentional, parent some people. Where are your 12? Jesus had 12. Where are yours? Jesus was teaching. Where are you teaching? Jesus was preaching. Where are you preaching? Preach on your social media. Right now, we are a generation that can preach anywhere. You can open a channel and start preaching, just like I'm doing. You know, Jesus was healing. Where are your healings and miracles? Jesus was, was sending disciples. Where are yours? If we are like him in this world, let's really be like him. One of the reasons why your Christianity is boring and it lacks power is because you're unfruitful. Get engaged in making disciples. Don't make the mistake of being a pure woman. A Christian who is in church, consuming, but there's no outlet. God is loving us. I know these are not the kind of messages that excite us, make us happy, but it's what we need. So, today, those are the two mistakes I'm going to talk about. The others, we'll talk about them later. Maybe the other ones it will be more exciting, but I thought I would start deep end today. The two traps to avoid. There are many. I'm going to, even next week, we'll talk about some more, but today, Two traps to avoid. One, disconnecting from the people God has used to bless you. Honor to whom those honor is due. Two, becoming an unfruitful believer. Eventually you fall away. People start compromising, saying they are being called over to the what. Like weird, weird things. Simply because you left the harvest field where the work is. We are workers. We are fellow laborers with Christ Jesus. We are workers. We are here to do the work of ministry. And, and, and maybe I need to show you that verse as I close in, in Ephesians 4 because some of you are like, mm, but that's the work of the pastors. No, they lied to you. Mm -hmm. Chapter 4, Ephesians. From verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, you, 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 for the work of ministry. For why? For the edifying of the body of Christ. When we all do the work of ministry, the body of Christ is edified. There are people who will never reach, but you can reach them. They're at your workplace. Me, I used to even make disciples at work when I worked in the regular workplace. 
I would gather them. If they are there, they can tell you. I would coach them. I would have a coaching session every two weeks, which was really discipleship. <laughs> Some of them got born again at that table. We prayed, you know, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. While Paul, he's basically saying, get in the game. You're there to be equipped for the work of ministry. Get in the game. If you want to mature in Christ, the truth is that you must be fruitful. You must be fruitful. In Hebrews chapter 4, um, verse, is it Hebrews 4? Yes. Is it 4 or is it 5? Hebrews 5, verse 12 and 13. This is where I'm, I'm uh, verse 12 to 14. I'm, uh, this, is, this is where I'm ending. For you who's listening to me, who is insisting on being unfruitful, sitting, because you think for us we have no fear. You're saying I'm scared. Uh, we are also scared. <laughs> Don't let fear stop you. Fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. Fight it. He says in, in Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, I'm leaving this with you. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, okay? You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you've come to need milk and not solid food. Basically what happens when you stay in church for too long, learning, learning, learning and not teaching anyone, you remain a child, you have stunted growth because of unfruitfulness. You're stunted. You still need someone to teach you how to pray. You still need someone to teach you how God loves you. You're still making the same silly mistakes. Do you know why? You lack a place to become mature. Maturity comes by fruitfulness. He says, Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, he's a child. <laughs> but solid food belongs to those who are of age. That is, those who by reason of use, 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 have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Do you know how you're going to become mature in the Lord? By being fruitful, using the word of God, teaching others. You ought to be a teacher. You've sat under teachings for too long. Commit the things you're learning to others. Stop being scared. Don't wake up in your 70s and realize that you have little time left and yet you want to make disciples and you missed out on people who are around you. People went to hell, but they were around you. People made mistakes, but they were around you. You have the knowledge, you have the power. Become a fruitful Christian. Join a missional community. Start a missional community. Go on evangelism. Gather some people and start teaching them the word of God. On social media, talk about your faith. Teach people things. Don't just go quiet. Don't only put jokes, jokes, memes, memes. That stuff is nice, but it can't be all you put out there. Be fruitful. Don't, be, don't make the mistake of becoming an unfruitful Christian. What a blessing. I know the word has blessed you today has delivered you from lies, deceptions, and it has remo removed some traps that you are about to fall in. Some of you people have been telling you you're too much, you're too involved in church, you've been considering quitting. Don't think about it. <laughs> it's a trap. Hang in there through the difficult seasons when you feel tired, overwhelmed, uninspired. We also go through them. We stick in there. God carries you through. And maybe you're watching me. I want to pray for two categories of people today. And you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. You're, maybe you even consider yourself to be a Christian. You're religious. 
or you've, 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 you've been offended at preachers or something, or you, you've never, you've just always thought it's not time. I want to say to you, today is the day of salvation. I want to pray with you. You don't need to clean yourself up to, before you receive Jesus. No, you come to him, you receive him, he comes into your life and he changes it. And I want to pray with you. So pray with me, pray this prayer after me. Don't, don't, don't waste any time. Stop what you're doing and just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins and give me a new beginning. Write my name in your book of life. Teach me to love you and serve you. And take my life and do something with it. From today, I'm a child of God. I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. It's, it's such a blessing. Your life will never be the same again. Please let me know. If you're watching right now, there's a link. But uh, if you're watching later, you can also send a message on 0775 If you're outside of Uganda, you add plus 256. Let us know that you've received Christ. We want to follow you up, connect you to a loving family. If you have a testimony of anything God has done in your life as a result of this broadcast, please send me a testimony on my email, BeatriceBeamanzi at gmail.com. Small letters, uh, all the way, no spaces, just BeatriceBeamanzi at gmail.com. Send me the testimony. And one of these days, I'm going to start reading out some of those testimonies of the things God has done to encourage us. I want to pray for you who has struggled in your life with You've been hurt by people you should be honoring or you've struggled or you've already walked in so much dishonor. And we are, and we are praying today that God gives you grace to turn it around. I want you to put your hand on your chest right now and I'm going to pray for you. Actually, put your hand on your belly because out of your, of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I speak right now. I speak freedom. Freedom from pain, freedom from hurt, freedom from offense in the name of Jesus that the devil will no longer cut you off from those God used to bless you. I speak a grace to walk in honor from today and to connect from today, that God gives you wisdom and grace to be able to walk in honor and that from today you walk in forgiveness and that that burden is lifted from your life. That burden is lifted from your life. Yes, someone actually you've been feeling like you're about to lose your mind because of just the pain uh, of, 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 of whatever it is that happened in your life but we are speaking wellness, your mind recovers, you're, you're going to start remembering better than you've been remembering. It is well, all those migraines are gone from today in the name of Jesus. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Change the name of that person in your phone back to the name you know you should be calling them. It is well with you. Wow, what a blessing. We thank God for his word. Go take action on it. Next week we'll talk about some more traps to avoid. Yeah, thank you so much for listening in. God bless you. God loves you. You're blessed beyond measure. His grace is so available. No matter what mistake you've made, it can be forgiven and forgotten forever. And God can give you a new beginning and make it seem like you never made a mistake before. So step into his grace. Receive forgiveness and walk in the opposite direction of repentance. Yes, I'll see you again next week. God bless you. Bye.